Hello and welcome to Stranger Things, a Downside Up podcast. I'm DB, and with me as always is Aaron Minogue. It's not my fault. And Jared Levin. Oh, ahoy. We just got finished watching Stranger Things Season 3, Episode 4. And there's a lot to talk about, as with every episode. But this season, staying strong... I think still my favorite season. We're we're halfway through, and uh, it hasn't fallen off the way I feel uh, seasons one and two have. Still a lot of fun, fun characters. One character in particular that I know we're going to get to. <laughs> but, but will we open the episode with Eleven and Max? And there's some fun shit to talk about. Any uh, any comments on uh, Eleven and Max uh, blossoming friendship? Yeah, I have a comment. Uh... Looks like Eleven brushes her teeth. <laughs> the same <laughs> note written down, too. Not something she learned from Hopper, because we'll see later in the episode that Hopper starts his mornings with a beer. <laughs> and you know, once you start drinking beer, you're not brushing your teeth after that. You got, well, because you, you, you don't want to ruin the taste. Yeah. <laughs> a frothy mint in your mouth can uh, distract from the schlitz. Yeah. You said she didn't learn it from Hopper. I said she didn't learn it from Jonathan. So we got <laughs> we got a whole cast of characters in Hawkins that don't brush their teeth. And the whole town's cool with it. Which is how they set up for the meth opiate addiction that happens in the future. Yeah, present right. Day. If you're not going to brush them, might as well get rid of them. Exactly. This will take care of one problem. Jared, one note I wrote down when they move from Eleven brushing her teeth into Max's bedroom is the poster for Endless Summer. Oh, yeah. I saw that. I've seen part of it. I never finished it, but I did see it when they went to Nigeria and they were surfing on like Iron Siding when they're sur- the kids are surfing on Iron Siding. Cool movie. It's a classic surf movie. Is that your wife's family? She was like, oh, that's my cousin. You know. It's your cousin, your wife's cousin. Everybody's always a cousin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but Max is cool. I just, I, I love Max. She's, she's got the, uh, the surf posters, the skateboarding posters. She's great. I love too when uh, Lucas is trying to contact her, and he's like, "This is a code red. Like, put this shit aside. There, there's an emergency right now." And she's like, "Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Don't call me anymore. <laughs> You're finished." <laughs> I love I love this shit that she's constantly giving to everybody. And in this episode, this is jumping way toward the end, but it, since we're talking about Eleven and Max, when Eleven has the one-on-one with Mike again, and she's given Mike the shit. I love it. <laughs> she's learned from her friend. I'm finally coming around to really liking Eleven now, as they're giving her a better vocabulary and um, a more realistic character. like A backbone. Yeah, yeah. I love, I love, I love. She tells Mike to fuck off, but she can barely speak. <laughs> yeah, he's like trying to remember what the words are. Screw you. <laughs> oh yeah, that halting delivery. I kind of get annoyed with. I, th- I think we've determined that she can speak well. I don't know why they kind of have to occasionally remind us she's comes from a weird place. So let's make her talk really slow. Let's make her sound like Tarzan. <laughs> yeah, she didn't grow up. In the jungle, she was in a laboratory surrounded by people speaking regular language. Like, it's when you're a feral child that hasn't been around other people that you have the weird speech patterns. I have to say, this episode is the first episode of this season where I even give a fuck what's going on with these kids. It's been the whole thing. I just, 
every time they're on, I'm like, uh, what's this going to be about now? <laughs> yeah, it has been like, let's get through this and get back to say, because uh, I know you're not including Steve and Dustin. They're cool. Uh, but you're talking about like Mike, Lucas. Will. Yes, 11, 11. And Will. It's like been very boring for them. Yeah. I think we all have about the Hopper storyline. I mean, that's always, <laughs> I always want to know what he's up to. I, yeah. I love that he's, he's just doing his job now in that printed shirt that he got for his date. <laughs> Did you like that Miami Vice shirt? Yeah, <laughs> he's, shirt. He, yeah, he's <laughs> or like Hawaii Five O. He's something. He's he's uh he's in beach weather now. It's the only <laughs> one that doesn't have vomit on it anymore. I love how this is how Hopper wakes up every morning, saying, "How did I get here?" and then leaning over and vomiting in a bucket. <laughs> I have written down. Hopper waking up in pain is just the way Hopper wakes up. <laughs> this is an average weekday, and he doesn't remember getting beaten up, so this is, this is all normal for him. <laughs> the only thing he doesn't understand is why Winona is there. He goes and fishes his dirty-ass shirt out of the hamper to throw it back on. He's naked. Oh, yeah. The writers Why had another challenge that? this week. We just, uh, well, I guess uh, he doesn't want to put his shirt on again, so we'll have to write around this. Let's at least keep him in the house. Oh, no, he's out on the porch. All right, well, <laughs> let's not have him drive to town. First scene, first scene where they shoot, where they're like, okay, so we're going to have to work around this because Hopper doesn't want to put his shirt on. And they're, they're like, oh, Jesus Christ. All right, fine, shoot it. We'll shoot it without a shirt on. And then Winona's like, cut. Uh -uh. He doesn't have pants on either. His dick is out. I'm not doing this. But we already got her reaction shot, and we're leaving that in, Winona. <laughs> <laughs> and she did not look that impressed. Well, she's seen Johnny Depp. Oh, well, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, hard, hard for Hopper to compete with that. Yeah, dude. A lot of buckles. But he is coming after Bob. And I I'm going to say that Bob was well endowed. That's why he was just so nice and, and calm and cool and collected all the time is because he, he knew what he was packing. Yeah, well, while we're talking about Hopper and Joyce, I love how when they're in, they're in the mayor's office, they're like the power couple of Hawkins. Yes. Which says a lot about the city of Hawkins. <laughs> <laughs> that that's the power couple. Hopper and Joyce as Hawkins power couple is a very sad statement on the city of Hawkins. Can we call it a city? The town. The town of Hawkins. Yeah. The town of Hawkins, the power couple, is the drunk police chief and the neurotic bitch that works at the dollar store. <laughs> <laughs> so... When they're at the mayor, I, I did love this scene. As much shit as we were giving, we give everybody shit. We give each other shit, which is um, just how we roll. Over I here. hate everyone. Yeah, no more, no one more than myself. Don't worry. It's what happens when you get past, you know, thirty years of age. You, you, that, that's that's the life lesson. So as much shit as we were giving Carrie. Yules or hell as much as we're giving Carrie Elvis, uh, he's fantastic to watch on screen. You know, he's rolling in there with some acting chops. One of the things I love 
is when he's th- he's threatening the mayor. You know, what about your drinking on duty? I and he's threatening to go to the, <laughs> the Gazette. I feel like the this is not a secret for the entire town, and the Gazette probably has pictures of him passed out in his squad car with a bottle of schnapps from every single day. The Gazette <laughs> has drunk messages on an answering machine <laughs> from Hopper. Colin with he's got all kinds of ideas for stories for the paper. <laughs> They've tried blocking his number and he keeps calling from new ones. I like how the mayor also um tells Hopper like don't bring up your dead selfish daughter either. <laughs> it was like I agree. <laughs> Cuz I don't give a fuck. Yeah. People die, pal. That's great. Yeah, the mayor giving Hopper shit for his his dead daughter is, is was a highlight <laughs> for me as well. Like, damn. All right. Speaking for the audience. Yeah. Well, I mean, we we knew it right away that he just uses it as a crutch. <laughs> Probably when when he found out that the baby mama was pregnant, he was like ordering DNA tests and like, oh, how do I know this is my kid? You know, let's kill it. Let's not keep it. And then all of a sudden when she dies, now all of a sudden he loved her. Hopper, And he he can't even remember her name. That's why he likes 11. It's just like, good, just a number. That's a lot easier (laughs) for me to remember. Easy to remember that. Oh, it's so simple. When Hopper breaks the mayor's nose, you know, that was an expensive one. He paid like 20,000 for that (laughs) like five years ago. So I was upset. He No more than he was, though. How about his wife, too, when she comes prancing in in her uh, Suzanne Summers look? That was great. So she had been at the aerobics class that Jared was teaching. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's telling her to shake it. What's her personality like, Jared? Oh, man. I just saw the plastic bouncing back and forth. She definitely. Yeah. And you would think, too, like, I mean, I don't know. I guess fake tits have been around for a while, but I feel like they're just so everybody gets them now. We're like back in the 80s. They were like rocks back in the 80s. Just like the rocks that the uh, mayor was uh, sniffing. All those women are dead now. <laughs> but you know what? It was worth it. It was worth it because for five years, I got to have big tits. And then I died. Yeah. Because the <laughs> stuff that they put in my body was toxic. But I wouldn't trade it. Oh, did you guys catch back at Hopper's house when <laughs> he tries? He goes to slam his sheet door he tries to like petulantly just draw it across the doorway which i thought was hilarious like you can't you can't really have the desired effect when you're drawing a rancid sheet across the door in your shack of a house and when you didn't even stick that nasty ass sheet on a rod you just got a staple gun and hung it it's not going anywhere it's so sad when, and then later on, I, I thought when they break into, I can't even remember what they're doing, but when they break into this abandoned house, he kicks in the door. I had the feeling that Hopper was like, whoa, this is a nice place. I wish I could afford a place like this. <laughs> That's a good solid door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He actually, he was like, damn, I could have taken this door back home. He went, what they didn't show was he went back to the property and started pulling doors off hinges. So within the next couple episodes, we're going to notice that Hopper's sheets have been replaced with doors from abandoned homes that he's gone into. He's doing his own little trash pick. 
<laughs> that don't fit at all. He's tried to saw them in, but they're at all like these crooked ankles. And you, yes, you can see feet underneath of them or someone's head popping <laughs> over. It's like a bathroom stall. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Which, which is fitting for the atmosphere of his house. It definitely smells like one. Yeah. <laughs> they're not paying the Hawkins police officers that much if he's the chief. You know, I, I wonder, is he still the chief? Do we have any solid evidence? Because I haven't seen him go to work. <laughs> uh, now he's walking around in a printed shirt. And uh, he's he's given Winona a job, evidently. Evidently, she's going to get hired on to work over at Hawkins Police Department. He's got this thing going on. He didn't call for any backup. He's going to go with Winona. He was relieved of his duties like two weeks ago <laughs> in his delusional state, just still insisting that he is a chief of police, which is why he's constantly wearing his uniform at home. It's the last one he's ever going to have. And his friend that's at the still working, probably has his job now, has his own set of walkie talkies with him. So when he's radioing to him, that's not with the whole police department. That's just they each have a walkie talkie and he calls him chief so that Hopper doesn't kill himself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is all an elaborate ruse. But it's good. I think it's going to be good for Hopper. I think being the chief put a lot of stress on him. Now he can just wake up how he wants to wake up. No judgment from anyone. Except for us. Just so you can go to the dollar store and hit on Winona Ryder. And throw shit around and yeah, <laughs> and, and not bother to pick it up. Yeah. Oh, what says cool? I'm going to throw it across the store. <laughs> and I'm not paying for it. So after Eleven and Max's scene in their room, uh, we actually go to Jonathan and Nancy back at mm. Mrs. Driscoll. Uh, Mrs. Driscoll is screaming about how she has to go back. She's on a stretcher at this point with paramedics, police, and not one person has bothered to wipe the fertilizer from her fucking mouth. I mean, dude, this is Hawkins, man. You know, Hopper's the chief. There you go. I don't think the medical emergency is going to, like, bother doing the basic things like, uh, you know, clean up the fertilizer in Miss Driscoll's face. The shit rolls downhill. Yeah, shit rolls downhill. You're only strong as the weakest link. <laughs> I mean, and nobody notices the smell. Maybe just the whole town of Hawkins constantly smells like fertilizer and nobody's even noticed that that's what it is on her mouth. And nobody brushes their teeth either. So they're just like, it just stinks around here. It's just always smelly. <laughs> the paramedics are like, somebody should get her a warm beer to rinse her mouth out with. <laughs> <laughs> give, this, give this woman a little bit of a like gin or something. There's a stink coming off of her. <laughs> Nancy and Jonathan are like an old couple whose friends have all gone away because they can't stand to be around them anymore. This is <laughs> what I think this summer after they've graduated. And yeah, they are having an argument like an old couple and their argument in the car is so fucking tired and worn out. They are. Well, that's what Mountain Nutrition does. Yeah. When Nancy's like, you don't know what it's like when he's like, you don't know what the world's like. She's like, you don't know what it's like. And I know they cut it out. Like when she's like, I haven't eaten anything. I'm starving. <laughs> How about Busey's son too? Making suicide jokes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what? I remember. Uh, have you guys seen Contact? Oh, yeah. No. I love that movie. He was the terrorist in Contact. 
No way, with the long hair? Yeah, that was him. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Wow, that's weird because actually, now that I'm recalling that, that character looks more like the aerobics instructor in this season than it does him. Okay, yeah, that guy did have a weird face, too. All right, nice callback. Yeah. That's a good movie. It's a great... Baby Busey. Baby Busey. He's also in Starship Troopers, too. After the Driscoll, then I guess we're back to Billy and Heather with uh, Heather's parents kidnapped, and they're in the, the warehouse? Yeah. I like Heather. I think Heather's cool. And I think she and Billy make a good couple. (laughs) Even even, even when they're like possessed or whatever. (laughs) She has very expressive eyes and they've cast her well because, again, she has to play this sort of possessed person. But um, I was liking it. I like the big expressive eyes. I may have found my Stranger Things Daenerys, Jared. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're going to give her a pass. I'm going to give her a pass. I, I don't mind what she's doing. I think it's it's cool, and I think it may be justified. <laughs> Nancy's out. Sorry, Nance. Nancy is never really in. So the Mind Flayer does this kind of alien thing where it latches onto their faces and and turns the victim into, what, a possessed sort of zombie army? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Obviously, they're getting possessed. I don't understand why they're all still going to work. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. That's a good excuse to call out. The uh, yeah, the the editor in chief when he calls Nancy and Jonathan into his office looks like he had a night out with Hopper, but he went to work the next day. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, he's got the bandage on his like forehead. <laughs> he's all bandaged up. He's sweating. It's just like pouring off of his face. If someone came to work looking like that, I would be like, I think you need to go home. You say that he looks like he had a night out with Hopper. It occurs to me that maybe the mind flare is just pumping everybody full of Hopper's taint sweat. (laughs) (laughs) That's the plot twist. (laughs) That's going to be the, yeah, that big plot twist at the end. Yeah, it's worse than we thought. (laughs) <laughs> it was a lot easier to handle when it was the uh, the upside down world. Yeah, it is kind of the worst. So not only have you been pumped with Hopper's taint sweat, now you're possessed by the upside down world, but you still have to go to work. That is just salt in the wound. And we're going to need you to perform at your job. Oh, man, you're still going to be called in for reviews and shit. Oh, this is bad. Speaking of that, I love Billy. On his lifeguard stand, just drinking an icy and flicking a Zippo lighter. <laughs> Nobody is going to maybe raise a hand and say, why is our lifeguard, who's supposed to be keeping an eye on all of our you know, beloved kids in this community pool surrounded by a cyclone fence, should he really be playing with a lighter? <laughs> yeah. He seems okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's actually better than our previous lifeguard. We got a spare room at our house. Maybe he needs a place to stay. That's right. We got a we got a few uh, teenage girls that need looking after. This is the precursor to Charles in charge. He's got this, kind of the same hair as uh, Bayo did back then. The scene where he's in the locker room getting changed before they pull their little prank on him. Uh huh. I was like remembering about that Billy factor there for a minute, forgetting about the possession. Oh, you were? Yeah. Pretty good scene for Billy. Okay. Yeah, he got all sweaty and stuff. (laughs) Yeah, they had him oiled up like the rock. 
Yeah. Now, how do you feel about his tattoo? Didn't even notice it. Oh, no. You're too busy scoping out his his chest. So it's on. Oh, you didn't notice it? It's a swastika. (laughs) Oh, it is. That's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) What is this tattoo? Uh, It's a skull with a cigarette hanging out of its mouth, like a profile of a skull. It's on his upper arm. Oh, my God. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's and it, it it's so clearly just a a rub on tattoo, <laughs> too. Like I can't imagine that that's this actor's real tattoo. That's like a Bazooka Joe tattoo. <laughs> yeah. So with Nancy and Jonathan back at the Gazette, so now Heather's dad is possessed, as we were saying. Uh, one thing I noted is that I do like Heather's dress back in this scene it's kind of cool that purple one with like the squares cut out i don't know aaron how you felt about that one i was with it yeah i actually noted too that nancy wore a dress at one point not her purple dress that dress was dog shit (laughs) she wore another one that i thought was cute that had like buttons at the bottom oh you didn't like the purple dress when she's when they're when she gets fired that nancy's wearing yeah no i did not like that dress. Oh, oh okay i liked it I thought the one that she was wearing that had the buttons down the uh, the bottom half of it was cute. Not my personal aesthetic, but I thought it was cute and good for her. Okay. I don't remember that one. I can't seem to get Billy's tattoo on the images. I'll have to check it out next time. Oh, okay. And I'll report back how I feel about it. Uh, when Nancy and Jonathan are then called into the office to get fired and Heather's dad kicks a chair in the office and it shakes the camera and now for the rest of the scene we're in a Dutch angle, I thought that was pretty bad. <laughs> like a shaky cam? It was kind of like that. I hate shaky cam too. Dude, it's the worst. Although they used it sometimes in Chernobyl and it was... It was good. Oh, yeah, Chernobyl, you have, like, an eruption going on. I guess when it's too much. But this one, no, it just, like, it was on, like, the camera was on a tripod, and then he kicks the chair, and it, like, hit the tripod, and then it's at a Dutch angle, and then it's at a Dutch angle for the remainder of the scene, you know, to show, like, oh, something's off, you know? (laughs) Yeah, something is askew. If you guys didn't pick up when he was being pumped full of Hopper's taint sweat, he's evil now. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. He's acting weird. He starts getting that Gordon Gecko mullet. <laughs> I got to say, though, evil or not, he does make a good argument as to why Nancy and Jonathan should be fired from the Gazette. They went, they broke into Mrs. Driscoll's home. And I mean, yeah, they may have saved her life, although she seems perfectly happy eating fertilizer. Did we save her life, though? Because I'm pretty sure she's about to die. Yeah. I was waiting for her to explode in the ambulance. And then again, at the end, when Nancy just uh, is choosing to watch her die without bothering to call for help, I was waiting for her to explode there, too. I was waiting for something with this bitch. (laughs) Yeah. Something other than screaming. More bullshit. I like when she goes, when Nancy goes to see her in the hospital. You can see she's a good liar, just like her mom. (laughs) Yeah. Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. No. And actually, too, when Mrs. Wheeler's having the heart-to-heart with Nancy when they're in the kitchen, I was expecting her advice to go. She gave better advice than I was picturing her given because I thought for sure she was going to dry Nancy's tears and then explain to her about drinking Chardonnay around the clock. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how you cope with your problems. 
I was excited when Nancy went home and finds her mom vacuuming and she is done her hair is done up like Jeannie from I Dream of Jeannie. And yes, this heart to heart that they have in the kitchen. I just uh I noted that this is probably the first time Nancy has ever been in her family's kitchen. <laughs> She's like, Why are we in here? You know, this room makes me uncomfortable, mother. <laughs> I thought it was it was um it was a nice moment, but at the same time, too, it was like, like you were saying earlier about Nancy with the acting, I do feel like it's, it was uncomfortable when she's sitting there with the mom and it's like, where do you get your strength from? And she's like, I get it from you, mom. I get my <laughs> strength from you. And then they both start pretending to cry. Uh, she can feed off of other people's energy so she doesn't actually have to feed off of food and every time this show goes for pathos i find it lacking i don't i don't get any of that from this show this show just needs to stay fun because every time it tries to go serious like the heart to heart with hopper and winona heart to heart with whomever it always falls flat this is not that kind of show yeah it kind of does it's like uh unless it's with steve and dawson I, I agree with that. I didn't I forgot about that one, but I was gonna say when Max and Eleven, when Max tells Eleven what the fuck's up, that to me was a real heart to heart. In this episode? No, just in the the show in general. Oh, okay. Stranger Things in general. Like when they try to do those heart to heart moments, it's cringy. Yeah. It's not like but except for when Eleven like goes and she's like, Oh, you know, this is what's happening with Mike. Oh, okay. This was episode two when Max is like, fuck him. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that was a heart to heart for sure that, yeah, that worked. But I, I, they weren't like trying to tug at our heartstrings, I think. Like they that one landed, I would agree. I, I feel like every time they're trying to like make us like tear up or something, I'm just, well, maybe it's just me because I'm a, a jaundiced, heartless asshole. So, you know, that could just be, could just be me. Part of you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that um, you what you said, though, about everybody like just keeping it fun, that is when it works. Yeah. When you try to get into these, like, that's why where I, while I want to see it, I, I know they're going to try to give Hopper an intervention. Oh, you, oh, are you serious? Are they? No. If they no. give Hopper an intervention, it's only going to work for me if Hopper causes a scene. Yes. <laughs> and tries to fight the interventionist. <laughs> flips the table or two then i'll be glad that they did an intervention for him yes i don't want to hear the letters of how his drinking has affected everyone because <laughs> oh, actually his drinking has affected the town in a very positive way in that he's hammered he doesn't know what the rules of being a police officer are so he doesn't follow them but because he doesn't follow them he gets shit done Unknowingly. And he can't be hurt because he's too drunk to feel anything. <laughs> he got hit and beaten so hard by that Russian. <laughs> and there's, and he, I mean, the only thing he does is he wakes up vomiting, which, as we said, is how he wakes up each and every morning. He is sort of indestructible, <laughs> and it is probably due to the drink. So he has a good argument for why he needs to continue drinking. Plus... It provides entertainment for the whole town. This is Hawkins. They have a mall and they have a drunk sheriff. That's it. Don't take half of that away from them with your silly fucking letters. Yeah, just, you know what? If his drinking is affecting your life, then 
If you can't beat him, join him. That's right. Exactly. Hawkins, you're missing out, man. That's right. Drink with this guy. I'm telling you, he <laughs> is fun to party with. We need to see some scenes in a Hawkins bar. We've seen one, I think that was the first season, when he took the guy out back and then roughed him up. <laughs> Which again, in full view of the town, uh, not broad daylight. I hate it. Broad daylight. People driving by, like, oh, hoppers at it again. Oh, <laughs> there he goes again. The, and the the mayor says too during that um the part where um they're going back and forth where he's like, oh yeah, I heard you and Candace about you and Candace fucking or whatever. Like, does your wife know about that? And this, yeah. and they're exchanging back and forth and like, oh, so we learned that Hopper likes to pop pills as well. Oh, yeah, but I right. like he, he says at one point, like, we got a lot of fun stories. Uh-huh. And I just love to have like a separate episode of that where <laughs> the mayor kind of delves more into what the fun stories were. Yeah. Kind of like a documentary style where we just have the mayor sitting there and talking about it. And then this one time, Hopper, and then we can cut to the the reenactment, but still use the actor playing Hopper. Or you could actually have a reenactment with, like, even a fatter Hopper. <laughs> like, um... Louis Anderson playing Hopper would be fucking fantastic. That would be so funny. And there's like they right, they keep going back to uh the mayor and there's moments where like, you know, he's like he is shaking his head in disbelief and he can't you know and then there's the, the parts where he's like laughing and he's he's reminiscing joyfully about nights out with Hopper. Oh man, that needs to be the Stranger Things after dark episode. I was gonna say, I was say with the Louis Anderson reenactment, he needs to have breadsticks in his mouth while he's fighting. Just crumbs always at the corners of his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why this made me think of it, but when you said that, I thought in my mind, remember the Simpsons game that they would have at like arcades or skating rinks? Yes. Yeah. I picture if there was one for Hopper, he would have like, yeah, there would be a breadstick hanging out of his mouth that he would use as a weapon at times. <laughs> <laughs> or he'd have the breadstick hanging out of his mouth and the bottle of wine is his his weapon that's the one that you gotta find you start out with the breadstick and then you have to find the bottle of wine and then you start swinging that around and then if you get hit too many times then you go back to the breadstick you gotta find the belches bottle. yeah yeah that's a special move <laughs> you gotta power up to be able to belch and that will like kill three characters at once yeah <laughs> He gets a sheet cape at one point. <laughs> and then he can fly. He only gets like a, an extra half a step for his jump with the cape. <laughs> you, you, you get a pair of beer goggles. It makes the librarian look like Winona Ryder. Yeah, yeah. Everyone looks like Winona Ryder. <laughs> and they still all turn you down for your dates. <laughs> but at least you don't feel the hurt and the rejection. Yeah. <laughs> so mentioning that this town has a mall, um, maybe we should get to Steve and Dustin. I love the way that Steve holsters his ice cream scooper, like yes. Clint Eastwood holstering yeah. his gun. It's fucking great. It's just very small, very subtle, but that was a beautiful moment. Loved it. Not my scoop. Did not like the way that Dustin licked the scooper before he did that, but I'm guessing, Aaron, you may have enjoyed that. No, you know I'm a Steve girl. I don't like that Steve just stuck his hands all over the saliva 
sopping or sopped scoop either. Oh, it got a reaction from my wife. She, he puts it back like, oh, I'm just going to be using this for the next customer. Which, if the next customer is Lucas's sister, I would understand because I still think she sucks. Yeah, I was like, I was like, that's what I was thinking was going to happen. <laughs> now would be a good time to discuss Lucas's sister, who we speculated last episode was going to possibly have a bigger role to play this season. And it turns out that she does, uh, beginning at least with this episode. We're not sure if it begins and ends here or not, but she gets a little bit of a center stage. No longer just the bratty kid demanding samples, which I don't know was somehow supposed to be charming or what, but we all couldn't stand it. Now she's going to be the one to crawl through the vents a la Aliens. Or I guess it was Alien 1 too. One as well, yeah. right? Or was it Aliens and Alien 1? I can't remember. But I think it was both. A la one of those or both of them. I'll let you guys share some initial thoughts because I definitely have some. Maybe beginning with this scene where they're going to they're going to present her with their proposal for how she can help and what she's going to do. Dude, they give her all this free shit, right? And then she's just like, "This is American capitalism." I'm like, you're everything wrong with American capitalism, you little brat. <laughs> All I do is whine. I'm just like, oh. And then and then I look at the internet stories. Oh, what a great character. I'm like, no, it's not. I hope she gets hit by a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> she, no, if you remember from season two, yes. I liked her. Yes, you did. I was yeah. a fan of Erica during season two. In season three now, she's the little bitch with the bell, demanding <laughs> all these free samples. Someone needs to check her ass. About how she interacts with people who are in the service industry. I'm not for that. But I did, I was enjoying her more this episode when she was doing all that, like talking shit to them about capitalism. And I would like to see her and Dustin couple up. I mean, she's going to just destroy him, but. I would like to see it as a couple. I think there'd be a lot of good dialogue back and forth between those two. Okay. Um, well, wait a minute. What's the age difference between them? Yeah, that's a little bit much. Yeah. He's no he's no Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. And he's no... <laughs> so I did not like the scene at all with her making all these demands and having this sassy, brassy attitude. It felt so artificial and so fake and forced. And it just, it did not land and i don't know what the deal was with the fucking calliope music in the background throughout this scene like oh this is a lighthearted scene you would not let your kid act and talk to people this way like a this this snotty attitude it's not charming it's not endearing and we've seen lucas's family we know that lucas doesn't behave this way we've seen lucas's parents at the the breakfast table i think in season two they're not parents that are just going to allow their child to like be talking to others and uh, adults this way. I know you can't control everything about a child, but like she's clearly comes from, you know, a family that has raised her better than this. So it's just it doesn't fit. It doesn't comport with what we know about Lucas and his family. It's just fucking irritating. I think she seems like 
the bratty little sister of one of your friends. And she is the younger sibling. So like, if you look at family placement, when you have siblings, that is like Mike is the second born or the younger sibling in his family. Nancy doesn't act the same way that Mike does, but Mike's, you know, was disrespectful to Hopper. And they're just kind of like, all the kids kind of talk to adults like they're shit. Like when Dustin's like, you're useless. Right. Or, uh, you know, like there's not, um, it doesn't really seem like during this time period in Hawkins, Indiana, where there's a big focus on respecting your elders Mm-hmm. I thought that she seemed like a bratty little bitch, and I was a bratty little bitch. Oh, you, so yeah, you <laughs> would you talk like this? Like I don't know. It just it, um... well, I mean, she's. It's not like she's talking to adults either. She's talking to other children. That's true. And she is younger, so she's kind of like coming at them like, listen, motherfuckers, you're not just going to come in here and steamroll my ass. You need me? Well, I got needs too. Okay. Free ice cream for life. Yes, and I just really enjoy, and this is what made me like her the first, the, the first season that we were introduced to her, how she calls them nerds. Right. Every Everything ends with nerd. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so I will say this. When she came out at the end and opened the door and then this wide shot of her calling up to them and saying that she'd arrived, I was like, okay, now that part, that makes sense. Like, that's when you get to gloat and say, yeah, yeah, motherfucker, I did it. So that was like, okay, I like that and I'm cool with her here. I don't know. I still am, am not like a huge a huge fan of her, but I think maybe we were a little maybe it was a little too hard on her, like saying that she sucks, especially in the first episode where we kind of gave away that we watched one and two because there was really no reason to say she sucks in episode one when all she does is <laughs> say one thing to her brother. Uh, so we were jumping the gun a little bit there, but I do think she sucks when she's making all these demands for the the samples, and and I think that Robin and and Steve put up with her attitude more than they should have. I mean, someone should put her in check. That's okay. I don't take that back. I still think that. And when this whole thing's over, if she makes it through, I want to sit down to her and explain. <laughs> or make that bitch work behind the counter for a fucking shift and see what it's like when someone comes ringing bells and demanding all these samples. But moving forward from her etiquette... I do like the directness of this character. And I like when they're like, do you see any booby traps? And she's like, if I could see them, they would be shit traps. <laughs> okay. Like she's like, don't ask me stupid fucking questions. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I, I like that. And that, you make a good point. That's the redemption story that I would like to see. I don't want to see Hopper's redemption story. I want him to stay exactly how he is. But her redemption story should be that she works behind the counter and she comes to understand how much it sucks when you have shitty asshole customers and you make a change. That's fine. That would be great. And I would be totally yeah. 100% behind that. And maybe it is somehow like I, I never treat people in the service industry or just in general out in public. I never treat people like how she's treating them like right off the bat. Somebody gives you a reason to give them an attitude and be sarcastic. Then you then you do that. But off the bat, that's what I don't appreciate about her. So, yeah, it would be cool. She works behind the counter and she comes to learn and then she she changes. 
And, and then her heart grew three times that size that oh, day. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you're like the Grinch. Okay, yeah, I know. I'm I'm making it sound much cheesier than maybe maybe it would be, but yeah. Dude, they gave her an ice cream sundae, and she was complaining about it. It's like, come on. I used to be a Domino's dry, delivery driver. <laughs> I don't think we dump that much on her either. Do you feel like we like really shit on her? I didn't feel like we shit on her that bad. Yeah, maybe maybe I'm just revealing what was in my heart. <laughs> I mean, don't you project your bullshit onto us? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> you <laughs> you guys and all these horrible things you were saying about her. Well, you did say you you she deserves a punch, so I don't think I'm projecting all that. Much. <laughs> well, hey, hey, hey. You know, because DB, if you know him and his wife have a kid and, and and they have a daughter, they don't want her to turn out that way. Yeah. Well, I still think she needs a cunt punt if she was acting like that. I don't take that back either. Listen, I got friends that need cunt punts here and there. Okay. <laughs> That's how you check a bitch like that. You get a cunt punt, and then you're like, oh fuck, okay. I didn't realize that my behavior was behavior that warranted a cunt punt. But thank you for that cunt punt because now I know moving forward, this is not cool what I was doing. That's what friends do for each other. We punt each other in the cunt when need be. (laughs) And that's why we're befriending Lucas's sister in that way when we say that. If I didn't care, I wouldn't even take the time to punt you in the cunt. (laughs) It takes energy. (laughs) Energy for that kick energy that you know somebody like nancy certainly isn't gonna have so i mean hopper does it for fun sure but (laughs) hopper does it by accident just because he's stumbling around so you can't really call him a friend he lived he lost his balance i'm not drunk as well as his uh, sperm count because of those tight jeans he was wearing (laughs) he was wearing tight oh god that's he's chafed i don't want to see hopper in skinny jeans Thank God we haven't gotten to that fashion trend in this series. Hopper's like, I'm. if I had my way, you wouldn't see me in any jeans. But they keep making me put my clothes on. He's like uh, Jared when he was a Chippendale. Yeah. When I failed as a Chippendale. With the H&M thong. <laughs> <laughs> it's an H&M. Yeah. First of all, it wasn't a thong, right? Didn't you oh, have to make it look like a thong instead? Yeah, I did. I did folded it up, but I did wear like a tight. I, I, I mean, it, 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 it was a thong. <laughs> yeah. Moving forward in the future, you could just cut it too. Oh, makes Get sense. Get some of your seamstress skills going. Ooh, I have a pair of red underwear like that though, and then when I take it off, I look like the Mowgli from the cartoon. <laughs> oh, you should have played to that, doing like I a know. Jungle Book theme. Go out there and dance to um. I want to be like you. Yeah, yeah, Louis Prima. That's the best song from the movie. You could, uh, you could dance to that. There you Get go. Get out there. Lot of, lot of uh, room for twerking. Yeah, which is what I'll do in Hawkins Mall when I'm uh, teaching aerobics. Test it out there on those bitches. Yeah, that's how you the truth. That's the final test. I have to say, it was really hard uh, this episode to not watch the next one before yeah. we talked. Oh really? For uh, it was super yeah. easy for us because it was late last night, and I I paused it at one point, and it was like we had thirty minutes left to go. I'm like, oh fuck, I can't believe this. I was so tired. I was like, I want to. I thought we were almost done. Um, when Lucas's sister, this whole thing where they're they're climbing through the vents and they're infiltrating the Russian, you know, secret whatever it is. 
These Russians have armed guards out there only for deliveries, but at any other time, they just leave it completely unattended. Okay, and wait a minute. Can we talk about that? That there's yeah. just a dude with an assault rifle at the fucking mall, and nobody's sense. got an issue with it. That's just well, fine. I mean, Hopper's the chief of police. <laughs> yeah, they called, <laughs> they called the police like hundreds of times. Somebody was supposed to show up. <laughs> Uh, do we want to say anything about the big end fight with Billy? Oh, yeah. We didn't even talk about that I mean, that yet. Aaron, we, you already mentioned how distracted you were by his oiled up body in the locker rooms there. But, uh, his uh, Bazooka Joe tattoo over there in the shoulder. Yeah, that was a pretty intense scene. And this sh- the Shadow Monster this season is a more formidable opponent for Eleven. Yes. Because she she was getting choked the fuck out there for a second. Yep. And and all- I was like, oh, what? No one's going to fucking jump in for this bitch. Thank but then you. her man did. And I was like, all right, Mike. Yeah. I'm back on the Mike train. I like him for 11. And Max with Billy. Uh, Lucas jumped in there, but mm, not as soon as I would have liked. Dude, the wrist rocket was actually useful. Oh, yeah. Well, he was... Wasn't he useful um, before? I mean, yeah, I've always liked Lucas. I did notice, too, that, yeah, everybody decided to stand around uh, and watch. Or maybe they were just letting Mike uh, take this take charge here because they knew that this was his way to get back in with Eleven. Although if he took any longer, she may have died. But they were still willing to take that risk <laughs> for their friend Mike. <laughs> And then we're like, Mike will be so pissed if we jump in before he has a chance. Yeah. If Eleven dies, then that's how it has to be. Yeah. <laughs> but I just value the friendship so much. That's right. They've known Mike for longer, to be fair. So That's true. Yeah. He was part of their party a little bit longer, you know. Now, he breaks through the window of the sauna and is screaming, let me out, let me out. I'm like, you could just crawl out at this point. That is a big window. It's not like that's too small for you to fit through. Why are you still yeah. screaming, you got the let me upper out? body strength. I know it's a, a fun scene, and it's sort of reminiscent of Jack Nicholson in The Shining coming through the door with the axe. little homage there, felt like. But um, it's cool. I You know, at these action scenes, I just I do kind of tune out. And this is like in a lot of movies anyway. I just tune out during the action. But uh, it was cool, like the sort of the black veins running through him. Is that, that feels a little X-Files. Is that right? Yeah, I kind of did get X-Files yeah. vibes on there. Yeah. Oh, never seen X-Files, Aaron. Not an X-Files girl. Ah. But I enjoyed Duchovny and Californication quite a bit. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's probably a better show overall. Oh, I've never yeah. seen that one, though. Um. And how do we end this again? Where where does it? What's happening? It ends with um everyone's at the warehouse because Billy uh meets up with the uh, what's her name? What's the lifeguard? Heather. Name? Heather, and she's like, and yeah. like, Oh, that was a rough one. And then they all gather around the um mind flare. That's right. Now I thought for sure because they show Nancy. With Mrs. Driscoll in the hospital, and she's all wiling out, and they're making eye contact. I thought what they were going to do to us was, as they were um, drawing back and showing all the people now that are possessed, I thought we were going to see Nancy standing in the group with the whole, like Nancy was going to be one of the possessed beings, but they didn't show that. 
I, it's not off the table for me that that's not going to happen because I, I see it. Well, you know something's up when she starts eating. <laughs> <laughs> if they're going to possess one of them, I see it would be more her than it would be Jonathan. Because Jonathan seems like he's actually starting to get his shit together now more so than he had. He's never going to brush his teeth, so we need to let go of that dream. <laughs> yeah, that's a Hawkins thing. He's exactly. It's a Hawkins thing. You wouldn't understand. They have all they have that on their bumper stickers. But I don't think that's a bad idea to take it that way where Nancy gets possessed in this shadow monster business. But I thought that that's where they were going to unveil to us that she was in that scene. But it was wrong. I would be behind that now. And when would we have thought that Nancy would have become possessed? Well, we don't exactly know what the hell's going on with this thing. So when she was in that hospital with Mrs. Driscoll. Oh, okay. Like, how did Mrs. Driscoll all of a sudden now start eating fertilizer? We don't ever... Uh, The rat. That's ever shown to us. The exploded rat, right? Yeah, but we don't see the rat. Sure. Get her ass. Yeah. We just... That's the assumption that's made. That's the conclusion we draw as the viewer. So my thought was that she's in this hospital with this bitch that's getting all wily. Her heart rate's at like a buck fifty. Yeah. I thought what we were going to see, because we still don't even see what happens to Mrs. Driscoll. I thought when they were showing us that last scene, that we were going to see Nancy standing with the community of possessed souls. I would And love that's that. how we were going to know that she was all fucked up now, too. Not that she's not already fucked up, but new kind of fucked up. Right, yeah. New bag of issues. It would at least fit the overall sallow appearance of her uh, this this season. I would love that. That would be cool. They should do that. They should do something like that to one of their main characters and make it be sort of like a tragic ending too where Nancy doesn't come back. Again, I don't hate Nancy, but I just like it when the writing people will be willing to do this to a main character that you uh, love, right? Jared going back to Game of Thrones season eight, where they didn't do that in the battle, the long night. But uh, yeah, where we would see, I wasn't even thinking about that, but that would have been great. Yeah, let's see Nancy down in there now. And how does that shake things up? And Nancy could very easily be happy with Barb. They can finally explore that relationship. Is Barb going to come back as part of the army? Is that a possibility? Oh my God. No, because the producers hate that actress. We've already decided. <laughs> it would have been awesome if in that scene where we're seeing the army, there is just a picture of Barb. <laughs> I think that's all we're going to get. <laughs> I am really a Russian. I come to destroy you. But I'm not ruling it out as a possibility. She's got blonde hair, blue eyes. I mean, that's she could be from Russia. She could be from Russia, man. So if Barb came back, you know, as part of this army, that would be awesome. But it would be great if she came back, but they'd recast her. (laughs) 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 They recast her with some smoking blonde. (laughs) And they just say, yeah, it's Barb. And just don't make any comment about it. It's Barb. Yeah, that's Barb. (laughs) She, She grew up. She grew into herself. Yeah. Parents don't mention anything. It's just like, we'll take this. We'll take this as our replacement daughter for sure. No, 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 no questions asked. This is our new daughter. (laughs) We couldn't be happier. Great. Anything that we missed? Anything that we didn't touch upon from this episode? I think we hit most of it. 
Well, how about the uranium in the... Uh... Oh, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. It's, it's the exact same stuff from the movie The Rock, that gas that they keep in the little balls, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, I was thinking like The Simpsons. Oh, like the nuclear waste. Oh, yeah. That's what it looked like to me. Yeah. I only had that uranium. Why are they bringing this to the mall? And I, I was only starting to realize this episode that, okay, over Dustin's transmissions that he picked up, they heard that music in the background from the coin-operated horse in the mall and I guess we're to presume that that was the actual horse, too. Like, now it just got kind of dumb for me. But again, I'm not really... I've never really found the plot to be all that interesting. I just enjoy the characters in this show. Yeah. Uh, but so it was actually... He was picking it up from the fucking mall itself. Yeah, like he set up shop to record right next to the horse. And right before he started, he took one of the interns and said, Here, take this bag of coins... And uh, let's get a little background music going <laughs> yeah. to turn the horse on. <laughs> yeah. Or I want to see the Russian who is strangling that uh, Russian engineer riding the horse. <laughs> That's, what <I laughs> see. That's what was going on. But he's riding it Yay! with a very stern look. He's not smiling, but he's holding on and just with a grimace, he's, he's riding it. This is his thing. Holding on for dear life. He's actually scared <laughs> while he's on it. I love how like when Winona and Hopper are at the mayor's house and the way Winona just like pops it just floats it over like, you know, yes, Scott said and you see Hopper gets that little like scratch in his asshole when he hears her say when he now she's like, it's not even Scott Clark anymore. Now they're just first name. Oh, first name. Basically. He's Scott. She's Joyce. Yeah. He's Scott. She's JJ. They have pet names for each other. Oh, yeah. Well, Shit. she's trying to make it clear to Hopper to stop his advances. Like, he's gross. She's like, you haven't brushed your teeth in a year. Since I've known you. Do you think Do you think that scent will uh, turn into uh, kind of, uh, you know, some pheromones for Winona? The musk? I think she's yeah. got better taste. We've seen her with Bob. Yeah. Yeah, we did see Bob, didn't we? Yeah, actually, that's that's probably not, yeah. not <laughs> I, the I, best I, I, example yeah. for her taste. But you know what? No, because it speaks to she she prefers personality and character over looks. Well, when yeah, Hopper's a fun guy. You're to hang out saying with. Bob's got a personality? Is that what I'm understanding I right now? I think so. I'm yeah. trying. I'm, I'm reaching for it. He was nice. <laughs> he was cool. We love Bob. We shouldn't speak ill of the dead unless it's Barb. That's right. God rest yeah, his soul, it's Barb. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but Hopper's fun. I, I wouldn't mind having Murray come back, to be honest with you. I know he's gone, but... Mur yeah, Murray would be fun. Yeah, Murray would be fun. <laughs> I'd like to see Murray and Hopper out having a beer together. Yeah. <laughs> Where that could go. That would be good. So that will wrap up our thoughts for Stranger Things Season 3, Episode 4. We'll be back with our take on Episode 5. We are now halfway through... And um, this season feels like the most fun that it's been uh, so far. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to find out more about Aaron, Aaron, where can they find you? I can be found on Instagram at Aaron Minogue and on Facebook at Aaron Marie Minogue. 
And Jared, where can people find out more about you? You can find me on Instagram at Diraj Nivelle. And, of course, you can find out more about uh, this show and others at Bandcast.com, Twitter at Bandcast, and we'll be back again with you all next week. Thanks so much for listening. Nice. Thinking like this can take life.